Good morning. It's Iowimala, and it's Friday, March the 5th. Week has gone by really fast. Uh, I'd like to remind people here at the beginning that tomorrow, Upal Gamaj from Sri Lanka, who's a wonderful teacher, he's a lay teacher and uh, has a beautiful, small uh, retreat center in Sri Lanka, Nilambe, and he travels all over the world and teaches and uh, it does a lot of wonderful work in Sri Lanka. And he's going to be speaking uh, via Zoom at Blue Lotus Temple tomorrow. And if you go on their Facebook page or the website, if you do it today, you can get the link and the passcode uh, right on Facebook or you can go to Eventbrite and get a free ticket to watch it tomorrow. And that's central time here uh, at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. So I really recommend you get to uh, meet him through Zoom and get to hear a beautiful talk. And he's talking about karma. And that's a subject that uh, we have, there's a lot of interest about. And he's, uh, he, he would be a really good person to, to start your weekend off. So, that's something to look forward to, and I think what I'll do today is read a little, and then we can sit. And this again is from <clears throat> Sayado Utejaniya, and this is his book, Collecting Gold Dust, Nurturing the Dhamma in Daily Living. Uh, yeah, someone asked if they can't make it tomorrow, With will his talk be recorded? And I think it should be recorded, and it may end up uh, being on uh, the Blue Lotus Temple uh, YouTube channel, or it might just, it might, it might, uh, I'll, I'll find out, but I'm sure it's recorded some way, and it might be on the web, website or YouTube but I'll, I'll check and get a definite answer, and I can uh, maybe make a mention of that on Sunday morning. So, yeah, it's worth, I'm, I certainly hope it's being recorded. I'm sure it is. All right. So we were reading, this is from the day-to-day -day section in Collecting Gold Dust, and um, talking about speech. And then I'd like to read today, starting with, Seeing is different from looking. You need to have your eyes open while meditating in daily life. If, if, you, if you are lucky enough to, to have good vision, right? I know my mom is blind now, so uh, it's a, it seems to, that's a whole different thing. So be grateful for your sight whatever sight you have. Seeing is different from looking. You need to have your eyes open while meditating in daily life. I learned how to be aware with my eyes open because fellow shopkeepers used to tease me when I meditated at work with my eyes closed. They thought I was sleeping on the job. So I learned to pay attention to the internal landscape while keeping my eyes open. 
I eventually became more skillful at knowing the difference between seeing and looking, and the people I worked with didn't even know that I was meditating. If you actively know that you are aware and you are turned into this awareness, then it's hard to miss the seeing that's happening in this moment. One exercise you can do is uh, to help recognize this is to sit while your eyes are open when you are doing sitting meditation. Be naturally attuned to your internal landscape without bringing your attention to your eyes. While this is happening, attention will naturally stray to the process of seeing, and you will know that seeing is happening. It can be those moments when the awareness naturally settles on seeing, and it can hit us with clarity that seeing is happening right now and being known. When we do not understand the reality of seeing, then sometimes putting attention on our eyes gets us lost in the things we see instead of recognizing that seeing is happening. Sight or seeing is such an obvious object that we do not recognize it as such simply because we don't yet understand its mechanism. It's a similar story with the act of looking. We want to pay attention to the mind that is doing the work of focusing on seeing in order to pick up something visually or to use certain information in order to function. You can't physically know looking, but you can know that the act of looking is happening. It's not something tangible, but you can know that it is happening. This is because reality is not solid. We can understand reality, or we can know reality, but that's all we can do. If we are able to be aware of awareness, able to know the mind that is doing the work of being aware, then that awareness will pick up seeing or looking on its own. These little skills are necessary, particularly in daily life. The process of eating. All six sense doors are working while you're eating. Do you know everything that is happening? If you forget yourself while you are eating, there will be a lot of eagerness there. Eating often has a kind of excitement and eagerness that accompanies it. So before you start eating, check and see if there is eagerness. When this excitement calms down, awareness will become steadier. Taste arises on the tongue. Where does the feeling that this food is good arise? In the mind. They're wholly separate. Of course, when we speak, we say, this tastes good. You'll have one and the same durian, and that's that fruit that smells so bad. <laughs> but some people will like it, while others can't stand it. Durians have this one taste, but the idea that this durian is either heavenly or disgusting happens in the mind. There was a Singaporean yogi who did not like durians, and he watched the disliking mind. When the disliking passed away, he then tried the durian. Now he likes durian. Taste has nothing to do with it. 
Some of you probably were turned off by the smell of durians from the very beginning. The first whiff made such a negative impression on the mind that it labeled everything about the durian as negative, beginning with that initial association with the sense of smell. So let's relate this to your daily life. When you are outside and you judge a certain kind of sound as distracting or bad, then perhaps you will go looking for a place where there are no sounds. Can you find any place without sound? You have to understand the nature of sound. You may consider a certain kind of sound noisy, distracting, or bad. You may then go in search of a place without sounds. But can you find any place that is completely silent? Thinking process processes. We need insight into the nature of the thinking mind because much of our suffering comes from thoughts. I'll read that again because that's such an important sentence. We need insight into, into the nature of the thinking mind because much of our suffering comes from thoughts. Have you ever thought, what if this car gets into an accident? How did that feel? There is fear when I is involved, but the mind is free when it knows a thought as just a thought. Thinking in the right way is part of the practice. Yogis are often afraid of thinking about meditation, but in fact, to do any kind of work, we need to consider the situation, reflect, and think. We use wisdom to make fewer mistakes and we actively reflect on meditation work that's productive and useful. This helps us recognize what's helpful in our practice and strengthen that. What we are observing, experience, and thinking about how to practice, it all comes together. Let me read that again. I, I stumbled. What we are observing, experience, and thinking about how to practice it all comes together. The thinking mind in itself is neither wholesome nor unwholesome. It is the motivation of defilement or wisdom behind the thinking mind that determines the quality of the thought. We are concerned with this quality of mind. Naturally arising thoughts are not a problem because they are just objects to be known. Of course, if there is a defilement, we ought to deal with it and not let it carry on unchecked. If, on the other hand, it is wholesome, we can encourage it. It is best not to observe the thinking mind alone. Also watch the feelings that accompany this thinking so that you can know when it is becoming too much. You can also gently allow the overthinking to continue and learn from it. You will experience when it has become too much, and having this experience will allow you to learn from overthinking. And that overthinking, you know, it's that, uh, yeah, what if, what if the, what if there's ice on the road today? What if I have an accident? What if I'm, what if I'm hurt really badly? And what, you know, then we start just projecting and it, we're in that wheel of overthinking that uh, ends up causing us just to freeze. We become locked in those thoughts. 
obsessive, obsessive thoughts. So he says, don't observe that alone. Watch the feelings. But, it, but when we do that, we have to be careful about it. When there are strong, wholesome qualities in the mind, it is difficult for the mind to suddenly change and become unwholesome. When there is a strong, unwholesome train of thought going on, it's difficult for it to suddenly switch and become wholesome. I experimented for myself when my mind was wholesome. I tried to intentionally think negative thoughts and realized that I could not. Know that not all Dhamma-related thinking will necessarily be wholesome. Sometimes a self-righteousness or attachment will be fueling it. When Dhamma-related thinking has to do with your actual practice, it's probably helpful. It's helpful to think about the Dhamma, and it's okay if you don't understand things right away. The Buddha recommended this kind of consideration because you never know when the mind might be in the right state and suddenly understand. Take in enough information to help you understand whether this information is beneficial, suitable, too much, too little, or balanced. If you can see the wanting to think, know that. Observe the intensity of the wanting. When, through skillful observation, the wanting diminishes, the thoughts will also diminish. If you can't see the intentions to think, just switch back and forth between thought and body as objects. Lost in thought. Do you know what you are walk when you do you know that you are walking when you are walking around in daily life? You will often be lost in thought. If you realize that this is happening, you know the mind is thinking. What is important is what is happening in this moment. You can do what you need to do when you arrive at your destination. There's no need to think about it now. This way the mind will also think less about the future. You can expend a lot of mental energy speculating about the future without actually knowing what is going to happen. If you discover a very different outcome than what you had expected, you have spent a lot of energy on imagination. There was a businessman who went to the market to buy goods wholesale to resell later. His journey to the market was filled with thoughts of various prices, how he would try to get there before everybody to get the first pick of goods. When he arrived, he found there was nothing there for him. This businessman was a yogi, and so he was aware of what his mind was doing this whole time. He realized how much time he had wasted speculating and determined that on future market trips, he would relax and make decisions when he arrived. That's great, isn't it? Don't we all have experience doing that? So we get anxious or we start planning and planning and planning before we even get to something. You know, we, we, we might not be able to sleep before some event or 
uh, someplace where we're going to have to do something or something that's uh, maybe a little different in our daily routine, and we just begin to obsess about it, and we can't, we think we have to keep preparing and preparing and preparing and visualizing the whole experience right up until it's time for it to begin. And then it's not at all like we had thought out in our heads. And uh, then, then it's, for me, if I do that, and I think when I first began to uh, to be to be a, a nun and have uh, responsibility speaking to groups. Uh, oh, I can remember how how anxious I felt and how concerned and worried and uh, you know it it makes it really difficult to enjoy the present moment. So that's really just good practical advice, isn't it? So. I, that, I have we have some time let's let's sit together and you may you may have um, you may want to contemplate on what I just read and think about some of the points that struck you um, or just focus on your on the breath and allow your body to just be still and silent and allow yourself to turn in and check into your body Check into your mind and feel yourself become more grounded, more connected to yourself. That's a lot of what we're working with when we begin to meditate. Well, not when we begin, but all the time when we're meditating. I think we're learning how to reconnect with ourselves and uh, get everything, see the, the connection within ourselves to ourself. And I think when we see how everything is connected, it makes it so much easier for us to look outside of ourselves and see how everything is connected and see how everything plays its part. And uh, I think that allows for more compassion and more understanding and less, less resentment and judging, and uh, it's a it's a way to see things more clearly because we we're starting to understand more about the about this body, this self that that we have right now. So, and if you if you like, he, he's suggesting sometimes practicing with eyes open. Because we do, when we close our eyes, we are protecting ourselves a little bit from visual distraction. You know, we can still see light. And a lot of times, a lot of people have a lot of color that they see under their closed eyelids. So, and changes of light. But it's, it's a good idea, I think, sometimes to practice with your eyes open. And you don't. You don't do that by open, having your eyes open and looking around all the time. You know, you want your eyes to kind of have a, to have a steady gaze. And I was taught that gaze is lowered when you're first beginning. And after you've had quite a bit of experience, then you can begin to raise your gaze to just being just out in front of you. But you work with it gradually so you're, 
you're training that part of your senses, your, that sense door for our eyes, you're training it to be able to stay focused and see and be aware, but not letting the uh, visual things begin to distract us, get us off track. So let your body begin to feel that lifting up, and it's time now to just practice. Be aware of the body breathing. Be aware of your sense of being on the earth. Feel grounded. It may help if you breathe a few deep breaths in and out to help you help you come back into your body and really be here. You want to be here, not with part of you thinking about what you're doing later or part of you uh, thinking back and going over the early part of the day or yesterday. Just be right here. That's why we observe the breath. And if it's a good day to practice with your eyes open, try that. Be aware of the posture of your body. Do you feel attentive and awake? Does your posture support that feeling of being awake? Of paying attention? being aware. And after you breathe a few deep breaths in and out, be sure to just come back to that natural breath. And it's perfectly okay if you want to begin with a body scan, just moving down your body and being aware of each part of your body. See if you're comfortable. See if you feel supported. Notice how you're feeling. Notice 
if some part of your body is really saying, pay attention to me. And then when you're ready, when you when you finish checking your body and paying attention to things that need to be adjusted or changed, then come back and observe the body breathing. Be aware of all of your sense doors, maybe not your eyes, but if your eyes are open, all of your sense doors are open. Just be aware. if your body has a reaction to anything coming in through a sense door. And is it a good reaction or is it a, is it a pleasant reaction or an unpleasant reaction? Or can you just allow it to be there and let it be a neutral reaction? Even if, it's a, even if it's a noise, uh, maybe someone's dog is barking or there's some traffic outside, can you just let it be a neutral sound without building a story around it? Is there any part of your body that feels restless? Or do you feel your entire body beginning to be at ease, to be more comfortable, just turning inward?
Try to be aware of each inhale and each exhale. Now, if you can, keep sitting and just sit as long as it feels comfortable for you. And then when it begins to feel a little uncomfortable or you feel a little restless, see if you can sit a few minutes longer and be aware of the restlessness or be aware of the tension that you start feeling. And just see if you can Stay aware of that. Uh, and and you, may, you may not want to do it. It may feel uncomfortable. But uh, sit with that discomfort and see if it's... It might be restlessness. It might be... It might be that you are concerned that you may have been sitting too long and you might be late to something else. Um, it might just be that you're not used to sitting, you know, a certain amount of time. But sometimes it's very good just to sit through that and sit through that discomfort. And let that be the object of your practice for a few minutes. See if you can see where that is. But I'll end my time with you today And this is, uh, this is something I found years ago from the editor of The uh, Lion's Roar. I don't even think The Lion's Roar is a, a magazine anymore. So, may the actions that we take towards the good, towards understanding ourselves, toward being more peaceful, be of benefit to all beings everywhere. So thank you for being here. And if you can, keep sitting. And I'll see you on Sunday. And uh, please check out the talk tomorrow at 10. Uh, and I'm going to be checking out where you can find it.
record it if you can't make it. Okay. Thanks for being part of my practice. <laughs>